Hello, beautiful angel souls. Welcome to Sex and Spirituality. I am your host, Lauren Coletti. I am so excited. We are almost at 5,000 listeners. Crazy. So thank you all for listening, for tuning in, for sending me your feedback. I got a lot of great comments from my last episode. A few of you messaged me and said you found it extremely helpful, and I am so glad that I could share my story and my truth and speak vulnerably and you are kind and gentle and don't judge me, even though that is going to happen because it's easier to focus on other people's faults than it is to really examine our own flaws. I completely understand. But I was thinking in regards to my last episode, again, thank you so much for your love and sharing. I really want to reiterate, my last episode was about cheating, by the way, if this is your first time. Welcome. But I really want to hammer into your head, that sounds not very loving, but reinstate that not everything in life is as black and white as it seems. When it comes to cheating, especially relationships, it's not that straightforward. It's so easy to judge from the outside looking in that Everyone who's ever stepped outside of their relationship is a selfish asshole, but I don't subscribe to this. Is cheating a selfish act? Yes. But we've all done things in our life that we're less than proud of, and that doesn't make us a bad person per se. Is infidelity less than ideal? Of course. People can become truly scarred when they're betrayed, and I would perhaps suggest that if you are a serial cheater or find yourself continually being dishonest, that maybe monogamy is just not right for you. But that's just food for thought. And as always, never forget that other people's actions are not a reflection of our own worth. If someone cheats on you, it does not by any means reflect that you have little to no value. What it is a reflection of is where they are in their life, and it might not necessarily align with where you're at. And I know it's easier said than done, but please try to not take it personally. When I cheated on my ex-boyfriend, it had less to do with him, although he was abusive, um, but it had more to do with how inadequate I truly felt. But that being said, a caveat is that my last episode on cheating is not applicable if you are in an abusive relationship. If you're being abused or in like a violent, harmful relationship, please seek professional help. Um, don't try to like trudge through that shit. No. So absolutely not. I do not condone cheating, but I feel like playing devil's advocate, a lot of people who do cheat blame it on the person they cheat on, which is interesting. You cannot blame somebody else for how you decide to live and then expect to find true happiness and love based off of lies. Is it as simple as if you're not happy, then leave. Definitely not. But personally, and I was telling my girlfriend this the other night, I'd rather be broken up with honestly than lied to and betrayed on top of it. Because many of us stay in less than ideal relationships. We will settle and say, I don't want to hurt the other person. But how can you say you don't want to hurt someone by breaking up with them when you're actively cheating on them and going behind their back? Just know that everything we do has an impact. Our actions follow us. And you can't cheat on someone. You can't judge someone who cheats. Let's say your ex cheated on you and then you're in the same boat 
years later, a month later, doing the same thing. I think it's super easy to say if only this was different or they made me happier, then I wouldn't have done X, Y, and Z. But if this was the case, let's be real, we would all have a reason to stray outside a relationship because none of us are perfect and our partners aren't either. But we can't place the blame and make excuses on why we do things and put that onto our significant other. I think a lot of it goes down to, are you going to settle? And settling happens when the unknown is scarier than the situation we are currently in, even if it's not ideal. We make change in our lives through inspired action, not desperate action. So will you choose joy or will you choose fear? Just ask yourself that. Sit with it. Breathe with it. Take a moment. I want to remind you that moving forward, no matter what, that it is okay to change your mind. You are allowed to change your mind. We have to release our need of acceptance from other people and work on gaining acceptance for ourselves because self-love is our inherent birthright. You are here from a reason and, and our inner guidance is always trying to speak with us. We ask ourselves, God help me, I don't know what to do when the right thing to do is all the while muffling in your left ear, your inner wisdom is always speaking to you, but we are so used to ignoring it. I want to encourage you to do the hard thing. Your future self will thank you. Do not break your promises to yourself. The only thing worse than someone breaking a promise to us is us breaking a promise to ourselves. So before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you, since this is sex and spirituality, that life may not always work out the way that we think it should, but it always works out for us in the end, nonetheless. Hello, hello. Welcome to Sex and Spirituality. I'm your host, Lauren Coletti. Happy hump day. Uh, Even though it is hump day, I'm not making an episode today (laughs) regarding sex. Um but it's still all good, right? So I wanted to talk about the fear of being alone. I love being alone. I am highly sensitive, introverted cancer. I quite literally need my alone time. But at the same time, I'm extremely insecurely attached as fuck. So it's confusing because I'm better at being by myself and single than being in a relationship, but it's complicated. As an avoidant, fearful person, that's my attachment style. Um, I also have commitment phobia and abandonment issues to add to the complex shitstorm. And I think that we're all afraid of being alone though, those of us that are not antisocial. And by antisocial, I don't mean you avoid social situations. I quite literally mean sociopaths, psychopaths. But I'm going to say the majority of people are not uh, this. So to an extent, as someone that's not like that, um, as humans, we are social creatures. And loneliness is a huge health crisis and epidemic going on, especially in the age of social media where we're all more disconnected and lonely than ever, even though we have people right at our fingertips on demand at any time. Nobody knows how to talk to each other. 
especially the younger generation I've learned. But I also have in the past struggled with staying in relationships a lot longer than I should. And those who are afraid of being alone will stay in these relationships, (laughs) we call them, past their expiration date. Or on the other hand, they're what we call relationship hoppers that will consistently and constantly jump from relationship to relationship or compulsively be on dating apps and seeking out potential partners. They can never just sit with themselves and not date. They can't just relax. They always need to have a prospect on the horizon to keep them from feeling empty and afraid. And this is a very scarcity driven and lack mindset that can often, at least for me, derive from the fear of losing love. Although I've never been a relationship hopper. Um, I've never been someone that loves relationships, if I'm being honest. I've never been a girl that's always dating. And this is great on one hand, but on the other hand, I'm sometimes curious is, is this healthy? Like how much I cherish being alone in dread, having to socialize, how much I loathe human connection. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people with early childhood neglect or trauma, uh, early early childhood adverse experiences. I know I'm not alone in this. I know y'all can relate. I've always been so scared to lose what I have. And this could be money, resources, love, time, anything, really. That's why I historically would not commit to romantic relationships because of the intense fear I have of them ending. As soon as a new relationship starts, I think, oh, this is going to be something I'm going to lose one day. And to be frank, although I am in a serious, long-term committed relationship now, it didn't start out that way. I was not looking for a relationship when I met my boyfriend. And I believe if he never asked me out or my life coach I was working with didn't urge me to settle down, I still wouldn't have. Although I'm very grateful I did because let's be real friends. You glow differently when you are loved correctly. And I had to learn that I needed to find my soul before I could find my soulmate. I had to realize, and I still do, that the other person is you. All minds are one and we're all intertwined. Everything's interconnected. And the relationships we engage in are spiritual assignments given to us to learn and grow, to evolve. There's times when I feel relationships are super hard and they take a lot of work and you have to show up time and time again, even when you don't want to. I still have to face my triggers, particularly with Nick. And it was interesting. I learned, I think it was a quote that your triggers are signs to direct you where you still need healing where you are triggered with other people and relationships and love and dating. These are pain points where you need to give your loving undivided attention. And from a spiritual perspective, relationships are here to teach us empathy and being single. We should not rush out of being single. We should not constantly be looking for the next best thing. Can you just be mindful and present because your presence is your power. Can you appreciate and give thanks for where you are now? Use being single as a time for you to learn 
to turn that compassion inward instead of relying on other people to provide for you, to validate you, to gratify you. Can you give that to yourself? That is true strength. And it said in a book by Gabrielle Bernstein, I'm not sure if she directly said this quote, but it said that forgiveness is not an act, but an attitude. And relationships have a lot to do with forgiveness. So whether it's forgiving the past or someone in the present. And if you feel alone, if you're single, or even if you're in a relationship, but you still feel lonely, take this time to reflect on who you need to forgive, what you need to let go of and release before moving forward. Because for the last few years, I was in relationships where I was extremely unhappy and unfulfilled. And I realized that I was kind of using those people as unkind and unloving as this sounds to make me forget about my ex or distract me from the hurt that I was feeling. But I had to give that up and forgive and heal from that and move on before I can allow the right person who deserves to take up that space. I've been in so many relationships where, or not even just romantically, but friendships where I'm surrounded by people, but I still feel all by myself. And I was journaling on this before. In my opinion, there is a huge difference between being alone and lonely. Being alone could be a choice even. You can still be lonely though and surrounded by lovers, by friends, by family. And this is often the worst possible feeling. But loneliness is a feeling. Being alone, that's an act. So before we wrap up today, I want to ask you, what blocks do you need to surrender up to the universe to catapult you to where you want to go? Lastly, if you're afraid of being alone and you're feeling disconnected, isolated, or misunderstood, trust me, I've been there more times than I could even count. Never forget that your purpose here is to serve all. When you are feeling helpless or hopeless, help someone. When you feel lost, dedicate this period of your life to find yourself. Turn that attention that you're focusing on yourself inwardly and move it outwardly. Although there has to be a balance between this, there's a give and take. But trust in what you cannot yet see and know that God's source spirit has a bigger plan for you and it will all work out in the end, I promise. And if it hasn't worked out, then it's not the end, as they say. (laughs) So I invite you to remember that the world around you is a direct reflection of the world within you. And engaging in your negative automatic beliefs that don't serve you, this will only invest in those critical limiting self-beliefs. I want you to measure your personal life, your relationships, not by, well, the measure of these. Your success in love and life in general is not measured by how happy your partner is, how much attention you can get from the opposite sex, how many likes or followers you can get if you get married and have kids, not even by how much money you make. This all does not matter in the grand scheme of things. Measure your success by how much fun you are having and how happy you are in these areas of your life. Can you be yourself unapologetically and freely? Can you sit with yourself and feel loved even when you're not 
surrounded by people? Can you give yourself love even when you're not receiving that love from someone else? Can you be happy and be alone? And sometimes I struggle with this. Sometimes, especially in the beginning of my relationship, I was seeing my boyfriend almost every day and I had to realize that I had to create this boundary and start seeing him less because I did not I did not want to lose my independence. I did not want to lose my sense of self and forget who I am solo rather than in a relationship. And I know you can do the same thing too. So I wanted to just leave you with this empowering, hopefully uplifting message that you got this. And when you find the right person, it will enhance your life altogether. But they should never be the source of your happiness. Happiness is an, a choice we make for ourselves inside. Also, let's never forget how underrated friendships are and having a support system, whether that be therapists, counselors, doctors, your family. Always have those people too. You know, I've never been a, a fan of those people that once they get a boyfriend or girlfriend, they ditch their friends. I know how easy it could be to dump your friends once you have someone, but this is extremely detrimental, not only to your friendships, but to yourself. Because at the end of the day, if those people were there before your relationship, they should be there during and after your relationship. And it could be tempting to put all of our focus and attention on one person. Um, I'm not a saint with this. Once I started dating Nick, I started spending a lot less time with my friends, but I made sure I would text them every day and at least see them once a week, once every other week. Um, so keep that in mind as well. And I'll leave you off with this quote. If you want to be happy, learn to be alone without being lonely. Learn that being alone does not mean being unhappy. The world is full of plenty of interesting people and enjoyable things to do and people who can enrich your life. It's not easy to find happiness in ourselves, but it is not possible to find it elsewhere. The sun is alone too, and she is still shining.